Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the White Tail Lakes Podcast. We're all set up here down this creek bottom. Bean Buck's been in here a bunch of times, so good chance to see him on him. Meh. Smoked him. I think he just crashed, bro. <laughs> Absolute money, dude. It's 76 degrees out. We just set up 80 yards from a buck and killed him at 18 yards. Here we are. We're set up on a, this grave that's been absolute fire for the last eight days. We know a shooter went in here to bed this morning. Matt. Get it? That was at eight. That's at eight. Fucked out October 28th. Homies up for the rest of November. But absolutely incredible season. Both kills on hanging hunts, right on the beds. And just making it making it happen. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and we are back to a normal scheduled episode. The next seven days series is over. Um, I appreciate all the messages I got from that. I know it brought a lot of content to um, and value to a lot of people, and that was the main goal, was to bring you content during season that you could effectively use to maybe alter um, your season for better or for worse. Um, so I hope that um, that series, you gained a little bit out of it. Maybe you shot a target buck because of it. I heard I had a bunch of people message me and said, hey, I made a move because of your season or I changed this up because I was listening to this series and I was able to kill this buck and got to see the success and share that success with them. So um, that was worth it right there for me. But um, I want to record this episode with me and then I'm going to have a bunch of guests lined on, got them scheduled up. Um, these these episodes are going to be live recorded. I'm actually recording this one the night before 
I'm releasing it here um, at 9.48 p.m. while my kids are asleep. Um, so uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show, starting off with Exodus. Um, if you're not familiar with my good friends over at Exodus, um, they've been trailblazing the outdoor space with their top-level products, content, and, of course, all backed with some of the best customer service in the market. Over the last seven years, Exodus has consistently shown they build quality trail cameras that flat-out work and, of course, the best trail cam warranty, period. Every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty and even comes with theft and damage coverage. Yes, five years, literally half a decade, you'll be covered by the Exodus five-year warranty. But more than likely, you won't need it because their cameras are already built to last. Um, I've got word, I've hinted it on multiple podcasts, that they're gearing up for their Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale. And when this podcast comes live, that is two days away, guys. So... Um, I've been telling you to save your pennies. This is going to be the best deal that they do all year. Um, it's it's going to be, without a doubt, going to be the best savings of the year. Um, last year, their sales closed out within an hour, and I want to tell you to go to their website and sign up for their newsletter. You won't want to miss their entire site-wide savings, including their new built Taylor-built MMT Arrows, the industry-leading Verizon 4G LTE cell camera, and all the trail camera accessories. If you don't know about the Exodus Vantage, let me tell you the three things. Five-year no BS warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and the best-in-class customer service. Head over to the website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and sign up for the newsletter to get some of the best savings of the year, and you can support the show. All right, let's get into Afflictor Broadheads. Um, if you're in the market for a new broadhead, maybe you had um, a bad liking with a broadhead this year, you lost a deer, you lost a buck, uh, check out Afflictor Broadheads. I'm shooting the K2 fixed. It's been flying very true. I've been loving the head. Um, they also do have a mechanical version and a, a hybrid version. So they have a liking for, um, they have a broadhead for every spectrum of, of the uh, broadhead field there. Um, and if, if you wanted to get more in depth of what the head can do, um, Exodus put on a clinic of broadhead and arrow testing, and they used this head a lot. Um, and it performed very, very well with some of the the highest costing, highest quality broadheads out there. Um, also, check out 330 Archery Bowstrings. Uh, my good boy Tony over there, he's going to hook you up. Um, if you have a bow that's sitting around that you want to get a backup, um, or you have a bow that you've been sitting around for years and years and years and you can't shoot, um, he's offering to, to fix those bows for you, put a new string on them, get them back in the game. And he's looking at about a week turnaround right now. Um, so if something happens here late season, you drop your bow, something happens, you can get back in the game within a week and uh, get back out there to kill. Next but not least, my good friends uh, Scott and Nate over at Next Level Deer Supplements. They've been supporting the show for a very long time. Hopefully get to go out to Iowa and see those boys again at the Iowa Deer Classics this coming up here um, in the spring. And uh, let's get into the show. Well, today it's just going to be me. Um... I know you've been hearing a lot of me with the Rutcation podcast series, but I wanted to record this episode because I think it will help some a few people out there, maybe more than a few, um, with what they got going on. So you see the title, November's over, and I didn't kill Buck. Now what? So if you're like me, once November is over and the rut's over, um, the hype is gone, the, the anticipation's gone, these bucks daylight and middays, you know, gone. The scrapes are gone. It just seems like the season's like almost over. 
Um, but it's far from over. And uh, you go through social media, and you probably lost a lot of the bucks. Neighbors killed the bucks. Gun season came through. Um, bucks, you know, died of EHD a lot of places. Um, this year specifically, I know a lot of killers that kill every single year that are struggling very, very, very hard to kill. Um, so you're not alone out there. I am one of the guys that have not killed a buck this year. Um, it's not from the lack of trying. I've passed a lot of good deer, um, hit a limb on a buck, was full draw on the same buck three times in the same day. Um, so it's just a, a string of bad luck and uh, bad decisions, um, not picking the right spot, et cetera, et cetera, that puts you in this position. Um, and it's, you know, it's not over, though. It, there's still a lot of time left. So this is what I'm going to do, and this is some stuff that I think that you should um, look ahead uh, and, and try to try to do to get you fired back up for season. Um, first and foremost, you're going through Facebook, and it's just loaded with deer right now. You're going through Instagram. Everybody's killed a buck. Um, but your time's coming, man. It's just, it's just not your time. That's what I told a good buddy of mine. He just killed... Um, and I just said, it's not my time and you know, my time's coming. So you need to regroup, replan and reattack. Um, you went through your October plan that didn't work. You went through your rut plan. Um, you know, maybe you had an encounter like me where you missed a deer, maybe you shot a deer, lost it. Um, just had a bad of string luck. So let's go into the regroup. So this time of year, you kind of got to see what's alive out there. Um, if you're still running trail cameras, I know a lot of people run trail cameras pretty hard October and in the first of November. And then when November comes, you start getting those cams that start to die with batteries. You probably got cams out there that you haven't pulled for three or four weeks. You probably got a lot of stuff going on um, that you don't really know what's going on with those cams 100%. So you need to do a big cam pull and kind of figure out what you got, if there's any deer in the area, and uh, what you have to work with. Because, like I said, three of my target deer got killed. Um, two bucks that I passed got killed. So, I mean, there's a lot of killing going on out there. Uh, gun season just came through here in Illinois. So that took out three of them right there. Uh, so, uh, I, I still don't know if Jojo's alive, the buck I missed, um, the big 11 pointer still alive. So you can't really go after those bucks that you had thinking you might get a chance in the rut. This time of year, you need to have a for sure idea that this buck is alive that you're going to go in there and have a chance to kill them because your days are getting numbered here. You still have a lot of days left, but the days are very short. Um, and you probably already burned all your vacation. So if you go into hunt, you need to have a plan of how you're going to attack and go out there. And you've probably already convinced your wife that you've been hunting, you know, all these days, all this time, you haven't killed a buck. Um, and you're still trying to go out there and do it. So you need to make sure that your sits are very high priority and with, not having a buck in the area and you hunting a buck that's already dead, um, yeah, it can just waste the whole rest of your season. So once you pull those cams, um, kind of go back and, and think about what it, what the deer are doing now. Um, one thing I want to hit on real big here is this weekend coming up, this Thanksgiving weekend. I know you've heard a lot of people talk about it. I've been talking about it for years. This weekend is one of the weekends that I have seen the biggest bucks chasing does daylight, got trail cam pictures of them daylight. There's something about this weekend that is very magical, and I will definitely be hunting um, this weekend. 
trying to kill a buck. It's just there's less does. The bucks still think it's time to breed. There's still a few does that are receptive. These deer are going to be making their biggest mistakes of the year during this time frame. Um, so I've, I've had multiple encounters with giant deer during this time frame. I think six years ago I shot and lost um, one of the biggest deers I ever killed, probably in the 90s. Um, shot him, chasing a doe, went in there about seven hours later, jumped him up, and never did find that deer. Went on to the neighbors, and I couldn't get permission to track. Um, so, But last year we went in and had uh, crisscross on the ravine. Um, hadn't seen that deer all year, and he's daylight on Thanksgiving e- uh, Thanksgiving weekend evening, and he's out there just cruising for does. And we tried to grunt him down. He got up just about 62 yards and locked up. Uh, but that's just a couple examples of bucks. But this this is the weekend that those rut pinches, those rut tactics can still work. Um, so this is your last hoorah to throw something at those deer and really give it one more good go. Um, and I'm still getting midday movement on my cams right now. So the midday movement hasn't shut off, and I think this weekend, if you get decent weather, the midday movement is still going to be good. So going back to the trail cams, you need to take those cams, and you need to think about late-season food. These bucks are going to go back to bed to food, just like these does are. They're going to go back to bed to food. They're going to start to herd up. So what I like to do this time of year is I like to really put my mind in on historical data. Where have I seen the most bucks late season? Where have I seen the most does late season? Where have I seen the best trails in the snow? Where is the best bedding? Um, Where's the best food? Where's the best browse, timber browse? You know, do I have a bunch of rush of olive or... Um, high stimmy, you know, anything that's green out there still late in the season. Um, are they going to be hitting the corn? Is the corn or beans chisel plowed? There's a lot of stuff that you need to uh, take into account there. But you need to start thinking about that bed to food pattern. It all goes back to bed to food, just like early October. Um, so take those trail cameras, spread them out along those fields. Now, one thing about running trail cameras on fields, it's easy to not get any pictures of a deer and think that there's nothing there. You have to kind of put those cams in a spot where they're going to get pinched down going to that field or it's a heavy trail going to that field or an inside corner or something where you're actually going to get deer because a lot of these deer like to just go out in the middle of the field and feed away from the timber. Um, so I think they feel safe out in the middle of the field. They can see all the way around them and nothing can sneak up on them in that timber. So... A lot of times if you're running cams kind of on the edge of the timber and you're only shooting, say, a 30-foot swath, if nothing comes out in that 30-foot, um, you're not getting any trail cam pictures, but there's still deer utilizing that, that area. So one of the best tactics you can do is if you got a late-season food spot in mind, if you can either drive by it and say, okay, there's a lot of deer feeding in this corner, there's a lot of deer feeding over here, Or if you can do an observation sit on it and say, okay, there's a lot of deer coming out of this corner. There's a lot of deer coming out of this little pinch over here. Um, And, you know, mark a tree or something. I could put a cam right there. I could put a cam right there. Um, And you're going to get that intel a lot better than just there's deer feeding out in this field. I'll hang a cam. A lot of times you miss stuff this time of year because, like I said, those bucks will be at the edge of the timber. And then they'll just run, go straight out of that field and feed out in the center at dark. And you're not going to get any pictures of them. 
Um, so you're, you know, you're thinking about that food. Maybe it's not a cornfield. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's a high stem count. You're in the south, and and you you've got that greeny, that low brush that's still green down there. That's what these deer are going to be eating. So think about that. Think about the areas you could run cams in there and catch these deer. Um, uh, and that's something that I shot a doe. Let's see, I shot a doe with a muzzleloader during gun season, and uh, I cut her stomach open to see what she'd been eating, and it was nothing but green brows, green stemmy brows. There's not an ag, there's not a hay field around there, um, so it was all rush of olive and the high stem count um, bushes that they were eating in there, and it was cold weather, and her belly was plumb full. It didn't feel like she could fit anything else in that thing, um, and they were coming out to the cornfield to feed when I shot that deer, but they were, uh, really, really adamant on feeding on that green briar in the timber and coming to that field at last light. So that's something that you can think about and do, um, to run a cam in that, in that brush. Um, cause a lot of these deer, like I said, won't be coming to the fields, especially if the pressure has been high. So, um, if you have late season food plots, that's another thing. These late season food plots, monitor them with trail cameras. Um, a lot of times, if say you got a brassica plot or something, I've seen it like personally on mine where no deer on it, very little deer, very little deer, very little deer, and then all of a sudden, it, you know, you get some cold weather there for a stretch, you get some snow, and then boom, you got four or five bucks on it feeding. Um, one night we had seven bucks on it feeding. Um, went in there, pulled cams, uh, and then we had, after that cold spell, we had seven bucks and went in there the next night and homie missed, uh, a buck we've been targeting all year that we never had a daylight picture of, never had an encounter with. And he was the first deer in the plot hour and a half before dark. And he re- literally ran into the blot plot out of the bedding and stood there at 25 yards and a uh, homie shot low on him, shot underneath him. But, um, don't give up on those food plots. If you don't see anything there, the deer moved out, whatever, um, the season goes all the way to January 15th for us. So just keep monitoring them. Stuff can pop in there. I think that was like the 12th of January, the 8th of January, when they finally started really utilizing that plot, um, and hammering it really, really hard. Um, so we'd almost given up on it. And then, um, excuse me, all of a sudden the last two weeks of season there, they were just in there just hammering it, you know, in the daylight. But, if you, if you don't have those those uh, plots and you can bait, this is the time of the year to utilize bait if you're uh, if you're able to. Whether it's in front of your cams, in front of your stands, those deer, those bucks are going to be depleted from the rut. They're going to be looking for the easiest food sources, and a pile of corn, a pile of next level, a pile of anything out there that that these door deer can to get to easy um, and get their bellies full with this cold weather. Um, that's going to help you tremendously. That's not not something that I can do here in Illinois, so that's not something I have a lot of knowledge about. But I have a lot of buddies that utilize bait late season and have huge success on it. Um, so um, another thing that I'd like to uh, like to mention, you know, that's that's our our regroup plan, our regroup, and and then we're going to get into our replan. Um, the replan is. Um, you got to get back in the mindset of, okay, I got a month and a half a season to go at the end of November for us. Some states go to the end of January and into February. Um, so you cannot give up. Uh, you can't give up. You got to go out there. 
like I said, you've been, you've been depleted because you've been hunting hard. You've been putting the hours in your wife's depleted because you've been gone out of the house a bunch. Um, and you're, you're seeing everybody else kill bucks and you're wondering what the hell is going on. Um, you just got to keep going, keep putting time in the stand, um, but make it high priority sets. Like I mentioned, the higher, the priority, the better. Um, and this is something that I was talking about my good, with my good buddy, Clint McCoy, um, on, and it's, you got to get radical. Um, you can't, you've been trying these deer all year. You've been not trying to booger them. You've been not trying to do this. You know, after November, um, your season's getting pretty small. You got to throw some risky sets on them. You got to go in on the ground if you got to. You got to do a risky hanging hunt uh, close to the bed. Because um, if you don't kill them this year, you know, they got to make it through another another full winter, and then maybe you have the opportunity to hunt them next year. Maybe you don't. Um, but you got to become like a brawler. You got to get out there. It's going to be cold. Um, you're going to have to set through really, really cold weather. You're going to have to be – it's harder to hang stands in the cold. It's harder to run cameras in the cold. It's harder to get motivated to wake up in the morning when it's cold out there. Um, it's just tough. But there's nothing like um, getting a buck on cam in daylight late season because you know that that deer is more than likely going to be daylight the next day there. Um, so, Or if you see a deer daylight on a field and you can make a move um, – you'd be like, okay, the next day I'm going to get this dude because they're so, they're so back to a pattern. It's not even funny. Um, and you can capitalize on it hugely. So a couple things to really look for that will help you out a ton is if you can find some property that wasn't pounded with gun pressure. Um, so one thing I notice is I hunt some public that um, multiple different pieces of public that I run mobile cams on and you can't gun hunt out there and the deer are acting just like it's normal out there. They haven't had any gun pressure. Um, they're just out there running around, not still midday movement. And then I have other private property that there's very little gun pressure around, very little hunting pressure around. The deer are still moving pretty, pretty consistently. Had bucks daylight midday today on that property. Um, then I have like my king piece and my other new piece and it is vacant of deer right now. The cams are absolutely dead. There's very little deer even at nighttime moving and, and they are very, very high gun pressure areas. Um, so that gun season makes a huge impact on these deer. I've said it for years and years and other people have said it. Um, people, when they, when you have that gun, you have such an advantage on these deer. Everybody's out there hunting. It's only a few days a year for us, so some people only gun hunt, so they, they hunt really, really hard those three days. They get to it, you know, second gun season coming up. They start pushing deer, trying to fill those tags because gun season is going to be over and they're going to have tags that are burning a hole in their pocket um, that they can't fill. So that's going to put huge pressure on these deer. So if you can find those little pockets that haven't had pressure, um, a lot, like I said, a lot of those public lands don't allow gun hunting. That's going to push deer onto there. Um, and they're going to be way more apt to, to daylight on there without the intrusion of human pressure over and over from that gun season. Um, another thing that you really could key on is that historical data. If you had a buck late season somewhere on a food source and you know that deer is alive, if that food source, we switch corn to beans, corn to beans here. 
But that deer is going to be in the same area late season. I almost guarantee it. Uh, they normally don't switch their late season area very often. I had a buck called the bracket buck um, on a piece of property, the one I killed freeze on. Um, and that the bracket buck, he was there every single year, late season, for four years in a row. He would velvet there, leave, would no zero pictures of him at all. January, he'd come back, and I would chase that deer for the last 15 days of season. Um, and it was really cool to see, and I got his sheds off of him, a couple of them, um, from the bracket buck. And it was really cool to see him out there every year come back to that late season area. So if you have a buck that shows up during that time, this is the time to strike. He's going to be in a new area. He's going to be hungry. Um, you know, he's going to be out of his element for a few days, not knowing exactly what you got going on, where, you, <clears throat> where you've been hunting. So now's the time to go in there and get him. Um, but I'm looking forward to the buck that homie missed, um, Buzz Lightyear, to come back. Um, I was hoping that he was going to be back in October, late October, because he had a stretch there where he's there on the lease late October, but he wasn't there on the king piece um, this year. So maybe he'll come back late October. If not, Chips and Dip is still in there, and Chips and Dip was there late season, and he dropped his sheds there. Um, so that is a deer that I will highly be targeting late season there. Um, he's been in and out of that piece all year, <clears throat> mostly nocturnal, um, hitting the scrape there at the, the scrape tree food plot. But that's a late-season food plot. Looks really good. A lot of browse left. Um, so I know that he'll be on that. He knows it's there. He wintered there last year. I know where he beds, last, where he dropped his sheds. I know where he beds late season. So I have all that coming together to make a pretty good plan on hunting that deer during that time frame, uh, late season there. So pretty excited about that, um, to be able to go in there and, and hunt those deer with the historical data. With those trail cameras on my new pieces, I'm going to be running them all year on these, this food, and I, I'll be pulling them periodically, but I really just want that, that historical data off those cams. I want to know, okay, here's JoJo. He made it through the year. Okay, now he's feeding very heavily in this field. And that's something I can put in my pocket to hunt him next year and say, okay, if JoJo makes it through the rut again next year and he's feeding, I know he's going to be on this field late season. He's going to be utilizing this pinch. He's going to be coming in this corner. And you get those pictures of those deer, and you can say, okay, the deer is still alive, more than likely going to make it through the year. It's something I can chase next year. And I know I have an idea how I can kill him next year if it comes down to late season. So I have that data on a lot of bucks. Um, but on the new piece, I don't have the data. So I'm going to put a lot of regular cams out on that field edge, trying to collect as much data as I can on those pinches that come into that field on the inside corners and just catch these bucks coming out. Am I going to have the intel right now to hunt those deer? No, but I'm going to have the intel for previous years, for years in the future, to say, hey, this, these bucks are really utilizing this pinch late season. They were herded up over here pretty good. That's where I need to be next year, and that is so valuable this time of year. Um, for us right now, at the end of November, we have that second gun coming in um, December, and that's when things really get squirrely. Like I said, those guys are going to be out there driving. They're going to be pushing deer, trying to fill those tags. So keep that in mind. Um, you can utilize that gun. You can hunt those pinches. Um, you can hunt that property. 
that doesn't have high gun pressure. Maybe you've hunt. Maybe you got a couple properties to hunt, and you haven't been hunting one because you know there wasn't any shooters on it. Maybe throw a hunt on it, and something's got pushed in there after that second gun season because those deer will move drastically after they get bumped that many times. So, um, let's get down to the attack. Now that you got all this stuff put together, you got a regroup, you got a replan, and you got your attack. You got to go out there and try to have as much fun as you can during this time of year. Like I said, it's cold, it's brutal. Um, you're going to be hunting a lot of evenings. Um, it gets dark early. It's late hunts. You're trying to sneak out of work early. A lot of us will be weekend worse trying to hit Thanksgiving break and Christmas break, you know. Um, but you just can't give up. You got to keep going. Um, I Like I said, I hit a limb on a buck. I sold draw on a buck, the same buck, Tupac, three times the same day. Um, almost killed a big eight. I passed a bunch of deer. Almost killed another 10-pointer. He's underneath my stand uh, a little bit before shooting light. There's a lot of stuff that happened this year. I passed two good bucks during shotgun season. They both got killed by the neighbors. Um, so there's stuff that happened that just didn't go my way. So if you're listening to this and the stuff didn't go your way, the only thing you can do right now is to go and try to make luck. Um, make yourself be lucky. Keep doing those hunts. Um, get amped back up to run those trail cameras. Put those fresh batteries in. Move those mobile cams. Get those cams on the ag. Um, I got a whole list of plans of all the stuff that I need to move and get intel on. I'm still going in after my big public land buck. He's still alive. He's in there. I'll be pounding away late season to him. I'm still going after Tupac um, and the big eight at the urban piece. Still going after chips and dip. If he's still alive, hadn't had a picture in a while. Um, but I'm, it's not over until it's over. And that's something that you have to realize, um, even though it feels like it's over because November's over, that's what all deer hunters talk about. That's what 95% of podcasts are about is that, oh, they were chasing and rutting and grunting and all that stuff's over. Um, but the deer season isn't over. You just have to change your tactics, get back in it and, uh, and get your head straight and understand what the game is now. And the game is find a buck, try to kill him on a food source. That's the game. Or in between where he's bedding in his in his food. One thing that can really, really, really help you is if later in the year we get a big snow, if you go out and you, you look at those tracks in the snow and figure out where these deer are headed off the food sources, that's where I really, really connected the dots late season last year on my pieces was I went in there, looked at looked at the, the tracks and said, okay, this is where these deer are are going off and there's three main trails and once you get them down to those three main trails and you run a cam on those three main trails it really is eye-opening how these deer are utilizing this area and how many deer you can get on that cam Um, and you don't have to get that deer in daylight if you have that direction of trail where he's going back to bed the only thing you have to do is get a picture of that deer on utilizing that trail to go to that ag and then keep pushing back on him keep pushing back on them and like i said this is the time of the year to get risky Um, these bucks have already been hunted they've probably already been shot at they've been burnt they've been bumped they smelt humans um they've had it all thrown at them um and they're about to shut down and go into not moving mode here real soon and then you're gonna have to have that weather to get them up and moving but when you have that weather you gotta be okay you gotta be prepared you gotta say okay this buck is alive he's in this area 
this is my game plan. I got the weather. I'm going in. I'm shooting my shot. And sometimes you got to shoot from half court at this time of year. Um, and sometimes you make it, and sometimes you airball. That's all you can do. Because, uh, you know, the rut's over, and it's back to bed to food, bed to food. So a couple more things. Don't forget about this Thanksgiving weekend. Don't forget about those late does coming in this weekend. That I know people say that's a myth. It is not a myth. I've seen it. Remember that you have a month and a half a season. Two. Some people have two. Some people have two and a half months a season left. Um, and late season is the best time to pattern a big buck, a big giant buck. Um, you've been hunting him all right. He's been squirrely. He has mid on cam. He's bouncing around. Now you're going to get him pretty consistently doing the same thing or close to the same thing every day. Utilize those trail cameras. Focus on that food. Get radical. Don't be afraid to throw some crazy stuff at him. Utilize that historic data and try to find those areas that weren't pressured really, really hard for gun season because there's going to be bucks held up in there, um, especially if there's high-quality late-season food around there. Um, so uh, hopefully you gain something from this podcast. Um, main thing I wanted to say is just don't get discouraged. Um, if you had a bad season, you missed a buck, you hit a buck, you lost it. You didn't even you see a shooter buck. Um, if the buck's still alive, you are not out of the game. You're still in the game. Um, so I still have a lot of bucks to chase. I'm really blessed to do that. I found a lot of bucks I wanted to hunt this year, and I cha- you know I've been chasing them all year, and I've been getting my ass kicked. But um, I still have a month and a half to either get my ass kicked some more, or or finally kill one of these things. Um, so that that's what I'm going to be doing out there. Hopefully you took a little bit of advice from this episode and maybe it just gets you motivated to get back out there and continue to hunt on these deer. And uh, you're going to be upset come February when you say, man, I could have hunted late season harder. Don't do that to yourself. Prep now. Get ready for the late season and figure out where these bucks are. Figure out what you got alive and, and attack when you get that weather. Um, always try to do the right, right thing. Try to leave a legacy and white tail legacy is out until we're coming in your ear holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Thank you guys. Love you.